0: You are listening to the Father's House Podcast, located in Owensboro, Kentucky. For more information, visit thefathershouseky.com.
1: Today is a day of breakthrough, a day of new beginnings. We honor you, Jesus. Amen and amen. Thank you, Tricia. Man, I'm going to tell you right now, how many of you enjoyed the first song we did? Come on, somebody. I'll tell you what, I could have just took off running out here. Welcome to the Father's house. Man, we already got a theme song. Come on. Pretty simple. Can we give it up for our worship team this morning? My goodness. I wanted uh, Nathan to sing that song, uh, the grow song. I know that's a new song for a lot of you, but that song is very prophetic in nature for our house. It's just, you know, Father, make us ready for all our hands have sown. I can hear the raining. (laughs) This garden is going to (laughs) grow. Come on, I mean, seriously. This garden's gonna grow, and I'm telling you, and he says, I hope that we're all ready. You know, Because the reality is that when we went through what we went through last week, that most, we might not understand what happened from changing the name, we didn't just change the name, but we actually came into alignment, I believe full, fully and wholeheartedly with God's perfect will for this church. And I can't, I'm telling you, I know without a shadow of doubt that we are in the will of God as a church, and that makes me feel so good as a pastor. <laughs> And it should make you feel so good as being a a tender at this church, amen? That we are walking in the will of God for this house. And I'm telling you, when you are walking in the will of God, you can guarantee that God is going to provide. God is going to move. God is going to do what he desires to do. And I'm so excited, I'm telling you, and I'll release it from the pulpit again. I hope that we're ready. I hope that you're ready because we're, we're starting to get this house ready. We're getting our assimilation, different things put in order because we're believing for God to begin to bless and pour out favor on this house. Can somebody say amen, Pastor? Amen. How many of y'all agree with me? Amen. amen. Come on. So, so good. Man, before I forget to tell you, it is Sunday, fun day, so we did move it inside because it's been raining all morning and it's probably really muddy out there in the grass, unfortunately. Um, but we're still gonna have it. So I encourage you before you leave, you know, at least go down to the fellowship hall, out these doors all the way through the building and get some food. We have uh, so much food today. There's gonna be games and stuff in the gymnasium um, for kids, also some cornholes and some things for adults. And we also have a basketball thing later on. I'm pretty sure, I haven't really talked to Ryan about it, but we're probably gonna do that um, later on as well. Uh, I was, haven't talked to him yet, but we're probably going to do it about 1.30 or 1.45 because we're all using the same area. So, awesome. So, if you want to come and see your pastor ball on you, one thirty, one forty-five is the time. Now, mowing my luck because God will humble me. I'll probably miss every shot in front of every single one of you now. So, anyways, we'd love to have you come and just build relationships today with us. Amen? Amen and amen. Man, I can't just keep getting away from this saying right here, welcome to the Father's house. Amen. We're so glad that you found your place, found yourself here this morning. This is our first Sunday, um, the new beginnings, and just a new season, and uh, be excited. Amen? Amen. So I want to preach this morning, um, you know, real short. I was telling uh, Pastor Darrell, I said, well, maybe we should get this. Instead of moving the, server, the Sunday Fun Day inside, maybe we'll just end real early. And then we'll just go out. He was just like, no, that's, that's not going to happen. And he's like, because we want to give the opportunity for the Holy Spirit. What if the Holy Spirit breaks out? We're going to say, no, Holy Spirit, we got to eat hamburgers. <laughs> You're going to have to wait. Church is over. But I want to talk to you this morning about the Father. We're going to start a series about the Father, it makes sense, right? This is the Father's house, amen? I had a guy tell me this past Tuesday, it was really, really good, they visited this past Tuesday. He's actually here right now and he was thinking about coming to church here and he said, well, who doesn't wanna to go to the Father's house? I said, man, come on, somebody, right? I see some other new people here today, we're glad you're here. We're glad some of you, I see some old faces that return, we're glad you're here as well. Oh, man. But I wanna to talk to you for the next few weeks, we're gonna be talking about the father and talking about who he is and characteristics of a father. And you know, when Jesus prayed, he said, what? When you pray, pray like this, our father who art in heaven. You know, and a really good thing to think about in that moment is you notice we he said that we didn't say when we pray, pray my father. He said, but our father, because when we get saved, we literally get placed in a family and we literally have a father now that is our dad. How many of you know you have an earthly father, but you have a heavenly father? Amen. And your heavenly father is these songs that we sing about that we can know for sure that when we say, you're a good, good father, it's who you are. We can know that for sure, because what we know in the word and what we know about his heart. But I wanna, I wanna just kind of break something down. I feel like the Lord put on my heart today. And then uh, we might have a testimony later. I'm not sure yet. And, uh, <laughs> How many of y'all remember the word when I said prodigals will be returning to this church? You remember that? Well, I ran into another one the other day at the health park. They're all over this place. You know, and I I hope he's watching right now. We were playing basketball. Come on, somebody. And uh, it was me and my son versus him and his son. And uh, they might have beat us. But, you know, that's neither here nor there. And we played twice. And my finger, I jammed my finger and everything. So I'm actually getting kind of old and uh, really out of shape it seemed like too. And anyways, we were playing and I began to uh, talk to him after the game and uh, you know he began to talk about his spirituality and different things and, um, and then, he, then he started talking to me and then I told him I was a pastor. First, he didn't believe that Carter was my son. He's like, no, he's not. He's like, no way. And I was like, yes, he is. And then he was like, no, he was like, how old are you? I said, I'm 32. He said, no, no, you're not. He said, you're like 21. I was like, well, you know, yes, I am. And he's like, well, what do you do for a living? I was like, well, I'm a pastor. And it felt so good to say, well, I'm a pastor. He said, where at? I said, the father's house. (laughs) Come on, somebody. I'm not going to lie. I was making a video last night to make an announcement for this. And we had a, we had a take where I did, I said, good shepherd again. So I'm still kind of learning here. It's going to take a little while. Um, but remember what we talked about, every time we speak the name, it's gonna literally prophesy and create what God is doing in this place, amen? Yeah. Just like Abram to Abraham, remember, exalted father to father of many nations. Every time his name was spoken. So every time we say, man, I want you to come to the father's house, it's literally gonna to start to call prodigals home. Yeah. Amen? That's a good word. Yeah. Every time we say it, it's gonna create it, amen? So talking to this guy recently and uh, you know, he starts to open up with me and, and he tells me, he's talking about the spirituality and how he's kind of gotten to some Buddhism and stuff and, you know, and I'm just like, okay, whatever. And then he's like, then he talks about church camp. Well, I was at church camp and I was like, ooh, there's an open door. And then he talked about how he grew up Pentecostal, going to Pentecostal church camps. <laughs> and now he's like, he's not following the Lord right now or in my personal opinion of how I believe. Um, but he, he started talking about it, And I realized immediately it hit me. I said, he's a prodigal. Boom, here's another prodigal right here in town. And then he started to go on even further and say, well, really, when I was younger, I really felt like I was actually supposed to be a minister. And uh, he said, and I, he, even, he even told me that he's like, I remember I was 10 or 11 years old in church. I wrote down some things and they actually came true. And my, my father and the grandfather in church were like, man, you're supposed to be a minister. God's going to use you mightily. And he just, he's got completely away from it these days. And I, you think for a one second that that was a coincidence that I was sitting there, the pastor of the father's house, sitting with the prodigal, randomly playing basketball. We almost missed it. How many of you know that you can just make your plans and God will just move things in and out of your plans? And you need to be aware of what he's doing around you. He's trying to put people and things in your places, in your, in your areas. He's trying to get your attention. But sometimes he's just waiting for you maybe just to play a basketball game. Maybe just to, you know, stop on the side of the road and shoot some ball with some kids that you see. You know what I mean? And it was just really cool just to go on with what God is saying. And he's like, I was supposed to be a minister. And this stuff came true. And I just looked at him and said, I said, I believe the call of God is irrevocable. I believe if God truly called you to be a minister, then if you want to, you can come back on board right now. (laughs) And, you know, (laughs) he was just kind of like, well, you know. I don't know, you know, <laughs> I like to say real bold things, right? Boom, why not? And uh, I mean, worse worst, worst that can happen, he already doesn't come here, right? It's not like he can leave. And then we got done talking and he started to say to me, uh, well, man, maybe me and my family will come, we'll come visit you sometime at the Father's house. And I said, man, come on. I said, let's go. Let's go. And so we just, uh, we believe that that's gonna happen and continue to happen. How many of you are a prodigal son or daughter that maybe you grew up in church and you ran away from God and you've kind of come back to him? Would you raise your hand real, real high? Real high, real high. Don't be ashamed. That's my hands. I got two hands. That's me. Come on, we just speak that out again. prodigals, come home in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name prodigals in your family come home. Come home where? To the Father's house. And this morning, I just want to touch on for just a little bit on how can we know who the Father is? How can we know what the Father's like? And how can we know that we can, how are we supposed to love the Father and feel loved by Him if we don't really know what He's like? So the title of my message, if you would title it, some of you would be proud of me. I don't usually title things, but the title would be The Father Revealed. Somebody say, The Father Father revealed." Revealed. So... I think um, at this church, not I don't think this part, but at this church, we believe in a triune God. How I many of you know what that means? That means the Trinity, we believe in God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, right? Not three gods, we believe in one God that exists in three different persons or three different expressions, however you wanna to try to explain it. I'm gonna tell you right now, it's hard to explain, you probably can't explain it. And so the, at this church, we believe these three different gods, so we believe in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I think if we'd be honest, Most of us just really understand and fix our attention on Jesus, the Son. But we really don't know how to maybe embrace the Father or how to even think of the Father or what to think about him. And especially a lot of us, we're kind of like those one in the book of Acts We're like we didn't even know there was a Holy Spirit. But we forget that the Holy Spirit is God. It's the other side of him. So this morning, I wanna talk to you quickly about how can we know the Father? What is he like? and, And think about this for a moment. I think sometimes we almost, say that God the Father is basically the God of the Old Testament and Jesus is the God of the New Testament. Does that make sense? It's almost like God the Father, Yahweh, he's kind of the, the, the God that's all about, he's just and he's, he's holy and he's just all about discipline and he punishes sin and he has, he's full of wrath and somehow Jesus is like the good version of God. Does that make sense? It's somehow we can see Jesus as this loving, compassionate, merciful, kind God, and sometimes we can view the Father as like the the, the mean one. Does that make sense? It's almost like, as Damon Thompson talks about, it's almost like there's like a good cop, bad cop. Like the Father's like the, don't mess with him, but Jesus is like, you know what? You can go talk to him, it's okay. He's the nice one. But I'm here to tell you this morning that Jesus actually came to reveal The father, he came actually to show you what the father's like. He came to show you. Here at the father's house, we probably need to know what the father's like. We probably need to know how he acts towards us, how he feels towards me. If I'm his son, I need to know if he's a good dad. I want to know this. Does this make sense? Shake your head. Because I think sometimes we just categorize God and, and literally we just say, well, You know, don't read the Old Testament. God was, he was real wild back then. My Bible says that he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. The Bible says that he is good, that his love, his mercies endure forever. God didn't start being merciful when Jesus came. Right? I think we're confused about these things. And we wonder, and I'm here to give you some amazing good news scriptures today. Right? So if you got your Bible, go to John 14, 7. And listen to me, I'm not saying that God, the father is not to be feared or he's not holy and he's not just and he's not righteous. I'm here to tell you that Jesus didn't just come to show you that he was the good version of God. He came to reveal the father. Does that make sense? Cause you're going to have a hard time wanting to sit in the father's house, be close to the father of God to pray my father, our father who art in heaven. If you think he's just the mean version of the Godhead. Does that make sense? I'm here to tell you this morning that he's a loving, compassionate, all-forgiving, all-knowing, all-powerful God. John 14, 7, look at this. Jesus is speaking. He says, if you had known me, you would have known my Father also. And then he goes on to say, from now on, you know him, who's him, the Father, and have seen him. Right, what was he talking about? Because you go on in John 1, 18, and he says this, no one has seen God at any time. This is John, the uh, disciple speaking. No one has seen God at any time. John 1, 18, the only begotten son who was in the the bosom of the father, he has declared him. So let me tell you this. We do know in the Old Testament that people have actually seen God, but that word for seen is the word to see with your eyes and with your mind. So what it's saying is no one has fully comprehended God, the father, except for the son. And then he goes on to say, and the son has revealed God, the father to us. Does that make sense? So what I'm trying to paint a picture is, pastor, what are you saying? I'm saying that Jesus came to show you the love and the heart of the father. Not to just show you his love and his heart for you, but to actually show you that he came on mission from the father. The father sent him, for God so loved you that he sent his only begotten son. So Jesus was saying, if you've seen me, you've seen the father. If you've seen me, you've seen the father. And I'm here to tell you right now, we can embrace the father just like we can embrace the son. Because he's good, and he's loving, and he's kind. And we have to understand, we can't just put God the Father and just say, well, he's just the God of the old covenant. No, he's not. He's the God of the whole Bible. He's not just the God of the Old Testament, and Jesus is the God of the New Testament. They are one, church. And we can come into our Father's house and not just be thinking that he's the disciplinary version of the Father. He's actually really good, sweet, caring, affectionate, and disciplinary father, how many of you ever watched Chronicles of Narnia? Do you remember in the story where they're talking about Aslan the lion? I hope I quote this properly. And Aslan represents God, right? Pretty sure. What is it? Aslan? You know what I mean. And, and remember this story. Where I think the beavers are talking. It's getting real deep this morning, guys. And the beavers are talking. And they're like, man, is Aslan, they're like, uh, is he safe? Because they're kind of scared of him. They're like, is he safe? They're like, "Uh, no, but he's good. (laughs) It's just kind of like, you you want your kids to have a healthy fear of you, right? You You don't want them to walk all over you, but you also don't want them to run from you when they're doing something wrong. If your kid, listen to me, church. If your kids are hiding everything from you, it's because they're afraid of you. Or maybe they're afraid of how you're gonna respond. Or they're afraid of how you're gonna disappoint you, whatever it may be. But our father's not like that. If you remember the garden guys with Adam and Eve, what did they do? They fell. Adam and Eve sinned, right? What What does it say? God came looking for them. Where are you? He didn't say, no, I'm done with you guys. That's it. Then the Bible actually says that he, he killed an animal and he clothed them. That's what the father does. The father didn't just take them and punish them. And also the father already did what? The father already had a plan how to redeem his children back to him. That was the heart of the father. It wasn't just to come in and be like, all right, you sin now, here comes the punishment. It was like, all right, you sin now, here comes my son. Here comes redemption. Jesus came to reveal to us the Father and show us what he's like. He came to show you the Father's love for you on the cross. How do you know that the Father loves you? Because he's the one that sent Jesus to hang on the cross for you. He poured out his love for you on the cross. And I want to take you to first Corinthians 5, 17 through 20. This is really, really good news. Hallelujah. I believe God wants to break mindsets off of us this morning on viewing the Father as just this mean person. And see him as a loving, tender father. I love a quote, I don't know who posted, somebody on Facebook, it said, uh, religion religion says, if you mess up, it's like, oh man, don't tell my dad. But Christianity and knowing that you're a son says, oh, I messed up, I gotta call my dad. Listen, if you're a father in this room and you struggle with just anger or whatever, disappointment, most of the time, do you understand why people function that way? It's because that's how you feel about yourself. You're hard on yourself. You're hard on yourself, right? You're you're a perfectionist yourself. You know that you're not adding up. You know that you're not doing enough, so you put that on your kids without knowing it. And God wants to have a fresh revelation of the Father's heart towards you this morning. That he loves you, that he cares about you because what Jesus did on the cross, you can't earn it. You can't perform for his love. You just have to receive it, it's a free gift. You repent of your sins. You take what he purchased and he gets your dirty nastiness. That's the good news. Father, I just ask you right now to break off of our people, performance mentality. We just have to do better, do more, do better, read more, pray more, do this, do that. Help us to rest in the finished work of the cross, Jesus. And help us to put that on our kids that, hey, you know what, you might make mistakes, but I love you and I'm never gonna turn my heart away from you. I'm actually here to help you come out of your mistakes. I'm actually here to give you answers when you're in mistakes and you're in a bad place. I'm here to come alongside you. Listen to me, guys, we cannot change the way that we parent and the way that we lead unless we first understand how we're loved by our Father. That is the root issue. You can't work on your behaviors until you work on what you believe. (laughs) I gotta believe that he he loves me. Amen? 2 Corinthians 5. 17, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, how many of you are in Christ? Raise your hand. Come on, somebody. It's not a trick question. If you're born again, you're in Christ. Amen? He is a new creation. I think I got a uh, new King James. I'm sorry, guys, I didn't give you these scriptures, so I'm not expecting you to have them. New King James Version. Therefore, if anyone in, is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. This is a good testimony for my life. Now all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, I love that he explains what the ministry of reconciliation is. Here's my favorite scripture right here for today. How many of you know that when we talk about the cross of Jesus, we always act like God the Father was there, like enjoying throwing his wrath on his son because of sin? like, well, you didn't even, you forsook your own son, God. Like God almost like, well, like, yeah, I got to get this, I got to get this out of me and I'm going to throw it at my son. Right? How many of you ever thought about that? It's like Jesus is like the, the soft version and here God, the father is there and he's just basically turning his back on his son and he's just this mean God who has to punish things. I'm here to tell you that he is holy. He is just. He does punish sin, but I'm going to read this next verse that it was God, or excuse me, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. Did you hear me? Jesus is on the cross. Jesus is broken. Jesus is hurting. Where was God? He was in Christ reconciling the world back to himself. He was literally, he was in him. If you want to look at the father, look at the son, look at the cross, he was inside of him. Listen to me, church. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. John chapter one, verse one. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. Here's the gospel. God came down. (laughs) And he literally says that he was in Christ and he was reconciling us. The heart of the father, that he was literally so worried about getting you that he put on flesh and he came down and he died what we deserved. This is the father. Come on, look at that scripture. Some of y'all are thinking, well, what in the world? Go back. Oh, there you go, excuse me. That is that God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself. Man, that is good news. Jesus said over and over again, if you have seen me, you've seen the Father. And I'm here to tell you today to shift your vision. When you think of who the Father is at the Father's house, you can look at Jesus. What else did he say? Let's go on. I see here. Let's see. D-d-d-d-d-d. John chapter 5, verse 19. It says then Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly I say to you, the Son can do nothing of himself but what he sees the Father do. For whatever he does, the Son also does in like manner. Little Elena last night, we were worshiping in my living room started singing some songs. She's 18 months old. We start singing some songs. You know what she does? She walks in there and then she sits there like she was sitting in my lap and she's like, she starts to do what she sees her father do. She starts to do what she sees her mom do. This is what Jesus did. Jesus did not come on his own account. He came from the father to get to you. And he literally would say, listen, I only do And I only say what I see my father do and say. So everything you've seen Jesus do actually came from the father. Does that make sense? And I just really want us to get past and get through this place of understanding while we're at the father's house, that the father was revealed through the life of Christ. And we can trust him, we can love him, we can know him. And we want our kids, how many of you as parents, you want your kids, how many of you know your your kids do what you do? good or bad. If you gossip and you're critical, your kids gossip and they're critical. If you shut down gossip, your kids will shut down gossip. If you worship with all of your heart, your kids will worship with all of your heart. If you let crap come out of your mouth, your kids will let crap come out of their mouths. I'm just telling you guys. I can see the parts of my life where I'm still immature and I can see it come out of my kids. And it's convicting, right? It's like, man, I know that that's coming from me, <laughs> right? And I can be man enough and humble enough to recognize it's coming from me. Have you ever recognized that a lot of people, like it's almost like if you curse or not, you know, understand that you curse, you understand it's almost like this idea that like, well, we're almost teaching our kids that you can't, you can't curse until you get 18, until you become an adult. And you know these bad movies that that your dad watches? You can't do that until you're 18. Think about that for a moment. You don't think for one second that they're thinking, well, 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 my my dad does it. That's what I'm going to do. Well, you can talk like this when you get older. That is a terrible idea. When you're 21, then you can drink. Daddy's going to drink now. Right? What do we we not know that we're teaching our kids and people around us by simply just living our lives? I can say that this morning and say, man, I can see areas in my life where I am not doing and saying just what I see Jesus do and say by any means. Sometimes I can say absolutely stupid things, right? I promise you, my family can tell you. And I know every time that they're stupid, okay? but I get super convicted I get super convicted like just honestly just like man when people see me do they, do they see Jesus and I'm like man I hope so when my kids see me do they see Jesus because you guys got to understand that this is the ministry that he's given us is to do the same thing that he was doing is to when people see us they would see him people could say man Have you seen Mike? Have you seen Larry? Have you seen Diamond? Have you seen Juan? And they look like Jesus. They remind me of the Jesus I read about. And I'm not here to shame and guilt you today. I'm here because God wants to call us higher. He's calling me higher. And he's saying, Mike, these areas where you're still immature in, I want you to grow out of that. I want you not just to be the funny guy. And I want you to live holy. I can get real this morning. And he wants you guys not just to be the religious guy or just know a couple Bible verses. He wants you to only do and say what you've seen Jesus do and say, right? How do we know what Jesus did and say? We have to read the gospels. We have to see how he acts because we can go. Our goal is to become like Paul in Galatians 2.20 when he said, it's no longer Mike who lives, but Christ who lives within me. That my life has been crucified with him and the life I live, now I live in the spirit. I live because of him only. That's it. And I know we're all on a journey. But I'm here to tell you, church, and I'm here to beseech you and urge you that, man, we got to step up and say, God, I want to live like Jesus. I want to reveal the son and ultimately reveal the father with my life. I want to see this happen. When I was playing basketball the other day, listen, people notice if you're not the one cursing and being ridiculous. They just do. If you're the only one, young people, while you're at school, if you're joining in with the ridiculousness or with the cursing and with the perversion, then, then listen, you got to understand when, when you say that I'm a Christian, you're, you're showing people what they think Jesus looks like. We can't afford to let a lost and dying world of prodigals not see him through us. So we got to be humble and say, God, show me the areas in my life where I'm falling short, where people can't see you. And help me. Here's a good prayer. Help. (laughs) Help me, Holy Ghost. Help me, Holy Spirit. I'm immature in a lot of ways. I need to grow in a lot of ways. When did it become so shameful to ask for help? Religion teaches you that it's shameful to admit you need help. But the father, he loves when his children ask for help. As parents, wouldn't you just love for one of you? Listen, my little daughter, shut up, Oko Sende. She needs all the help she can get. You know how amazing it would be if she would come to me, Daddy, I don't know what to do right now. Could you just help me? My goodness. Wouldn't <laughs> that be incredible? I just need your help. And the real question is, am I creating an atmosphere? Am I creating a culture in my home where my kids would wanna ask for help or would they be honest with me or not? Church, we've been given the ministry of reconciliation. The Bible says that we're now ambassadors for God. I didn't come just to yell this morning. I came just to give you a fresh revelation of who the father is and just how much he loves you. You notice what Jesus said. He said, no man comes to the father except through me. The goal was not to get necessarily to Jesus. It was to get back to the father through Jesus. You see what I'm saying? It was his idea. It was his plan. It was his love. It was his heart. It was his mission that he sent Jesus on. Somebody say, Amen. amen. Worship team, come. Look at me. We're going good today. I don't know if they're going to have, I know there's a whole pig over there. So if you're a vegan or vegetarian, you should just repent now. I'm just kidding. You're going to get real offended when you go to the fellowship hall. I'm going to tell you right now, you might as well just get in your car and get on out of here. We love you. Jesus is king. Could you stand to your feet? <laughs> There's a whole pig over there with an apple in its mouth. <laughs> come on, somebody. Some of you are thinking, is he serious? I'm serious. Could our prayer team come? Thank you, Lord. Hmm. Thank you, Jesus. I don't know what the the few guys are preaching this next few weeks, but um, I mean, I encourage you guys to come. When you come to the father's house, come understanding that we are what? We are sons and daughters, rooted in family. The Bible says in Hebrews that with confidence, we can boldly approach the throne of grace. You know what that means? You know what I love telling people that just feel out of place in here, or maybe they've done a lot of sin or whatever it may be. I love telling people, you're in your father's house. This is the living room. You're home. Act like it. You're welcome here. This is His house. It ain't my house. This ain't our house. This ain't your house. This is His house. And like that old song says, in His house, there's a bunch of bunch of rooms. There's a big table with a lot of food. And I love just to think when you come into this place, you come and you throw up your feet. Don't necessarily put your feet on our pews, hopefully, but unless your feet don't stink but come like you would want your kids. Come. Imagine when your son or your daughter is 35 years old. You want them to be able to walk into your house and make themselves at home. Can somebody say amen? So when we come into this house, we come boldly to our Father because of what Jesus has done. We come as sons and daughters. We open the fridge. We grab what we want. Some of you are thinking, heck no, we don't. My dad would dig the crap out of me, doesn't that. <laughs> well, guess what? You got a new dad. And he's not like your dad. He might be, but he's good and he's loving and he's compassionate and he's merciful and he's a giver. He's a big giver. He gave his heart on the cross for you. He gave everything for you. Jesus came to show us the Father. So listen, if you're new here this morning, Maybe you can say, listen, I don't have a relationship with Jesus. I need to give my life to Jesus. I need to repent of my sins. I recognize I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. If you need to be saved, if you need to be born again, Jesus said you must be born again. Talking to this guy this past week, listen, you must be born again. You can't make it to heaven through Hinduism, through Islam, through any of these other religions. You must be born again. Jesus said, I am the gate. I am the door. I'm the only way. This is the gospel. And it might be offensive to some, but this is the truth. And I'm telling you, it's not because God hates people. It's because he loves people. And he desperately wants to have a relationship with you. Could we close our eyes? if you need salvation this morning, if you need to give your life back to Jesus or give it to him for the first time, you know the Holy Spirit is drawing you. If you need to be born again, I want you just here in a second, I'm gonna give you just a moment. I want you to leave your pew and I want you to come down. We wanna pray for you and celebrate you coming into the Father's house. Prodigals, come home. Come home. In Jesus' name, come on, church. Just begin to pray. If anybody's here that needs salvation, that they would they would just grab onto that this morning. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Listen, if you need salvation this morning, I want you to leave your pew right now, and I want you to come down to these altars. Come down and pray with some of our prayer team. Just go ahead and come down. Come now. We'll wait just a moment. It's not a place of shame. If you need to come, would you come right now? Thank you, Jesus. Bless you, Jesus. Just give you an opportunity. We'll wait just a moment. If you need salvation, I want you to come. Hey, listen, if you need prayer for anything at all, if you need healing in your body, Or maybe you need to rededicate your life to the Lord. I pray that you'd come and just fill these altars even right now. Do me a favor. Look at your neighbor. Say, neighbor, do you need to go? Say, I'll go with you. Say, I'll stand with you. Say, I love you. Come on, Jesus. Come on, give it up for these people with the boldness this morning. Come on, church. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Come on, anybody else? If you need prayer for anything else, I want you to come. Would you just put your hand on your neighbor? And let's just begin to pray for your neighbor right now. Just say, God, would you bless them? God, help them to understand that you are a good, good father, that you love them, that you honor them. Come on, just begin to pray for one another in this place. Out loud, come on, raise your voice. Father, we honor you, Jesus. We bless their finances. We bless their children. We bless their health this morning. We bless the Father's house this morning. We bless your sons and daughters. Holy Ghost, heal their hearts. Heal their bodies. Bridge one more time to the Father's house as prodigals come home, and we're just going to sing that together as a church. Can we lift our hands all over this place? Every person in this room, let me put that back on the screen, please. Prodigals come home, the bridge to that song. And I want every voice just to lift this up before we dismiss today. Hallelujah! 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 We prophesy this morning, Jesus. Come on, every voice. Jesus this morning, church. Man, I just got to do this. Chris, come here. We're going to leave with a testimony. Y'all okay with that? Come on, Chris. Articles, come on. I believe there's power in a testimony. Check, check, check. I believe when a testimony is released... It, 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 literally, the Bible says the, the testimony of Jesus is a spirit of prophecy. That means I believe that what Jesus did before, he can do it again. Amen? And so I just want you to tell you can just kind of a quick version of where you find the Lord. And just so, you know, I know you were raised in church too, I think a little bit, Brie. No, not really. Okay, I'm going to let you tell your story there. Just tell, just tell everybody what all God's done for you, man. You'll see a shirt right here It says Addicted to Jesus. Come on, somebody. There you go. I'm from here. I'm from Louisville. Uh, I, didn't
0: mind. I didn't have a mom or dad growing up, for real. Uh, my grandpa went to church. My grandma, grandpa, they went to church. Uh, I lived with them for a while. Uh, had a rough path, and uh, but in 2018, uh, I found Jesus in uh, Crawford, Crawford County Sheriff's Department in uh, Indiana, and um, I didn't really know Jesus. I, I knew of God, and um, but when I found Jesus, it was just like. It was crazy like Jesus and the Holy Spirit because uh, I didn't know everything about it and I'm really nervous right now so i doing but, good <laughs> you're doing good and uh but it's crazy because like in 2018 when I found Jesus like he hasn't stopped coming for me like it's just and uh even though like uh hasn't been perfect since then, but, like, I mean, since I found Jesus, but, like, he just keeps coming and coming and coming. I was thinking about it yesterday, uh, like, um, it's just crazy how, how, like, uh, much he's, like, going out of his way to come for me, and, uh, it feels good, it, uh, really wrecks me, and, um, uh, like, he's done so much for me since, uh, this has happened, like, um. I mean, just so many good things continue to happen. Uh, and then I found this church, and it, uh it, like I feel at home here. I feel it's the only place I've ever felt at home uh, like that. Um, I'm not this right now. Uh, but, um, yeah, I have just so many opportunities. I've got to meet so many good people here. for like 14 months now.
1: found our church uh, through the chaplain pastor Herzog uh, if y'all don't know the chaplain of our jail goes to church here and uh, that's how he found our church and I remember the first time he was here I went and talked to him and he said well the chaplain told me to come and I remember I'm pretty sure I told you the same thing I said earlier I was like man you're home you know this is your place. and you belong here just as much as anybody else right and uh, he's just seen God's faithfulness you know he's been sober he uh stopped smoking cigarettes he's an usher now come on somebody Yes. <laughs> and he's not addicted to drugs anymore he's addicted to jesus come on somebody <laughs> god came through open doors for him to get a new job that's why he can't serve anymore how many of you know that's okay hey man <laughs> can't serve and Miss Gwen, uh, I'll just tell you the Lord send, sends you prodigals because He can trust you with them. He can trust you with the broken. He can trust you with people because you're not going to be religious. You're going to be like Jesus. And He's going to continue to, and I'm going to continue to as well. A little boot camp. But man, I'm just so proud of this guy. I know everybody in this church will be proud of this young man. He's a part of this family, he's a part of this house. And he starts his new job tomorrow. So can we just lift his hand, your hands towards him this morning? And Father, we just bless Chris right now. God, we just pray for more of the presence of the Holy Spirit on his life and in his life. Like that scripture that was released, that in him we move and have our being. I thank you, Lord. He's addicted to Jesus now. He's addicted to the Holy Spirit. He's addicted to the presence of God. He's addicted to serving He's addicted, Lord, to being in this family, oh God. Lord, we thank you. Bless his children. Bless his sons, God. Help him to be a good father, God. Teach him to be a good father. Teach him to work hard, Lord. Thank you for his heart to serve, Father. Lord, I pray right now, we thank you for the freedom. The Bible says, for one who the son sets free is free indeed. So, God, we thank you for complete freedom over every addiction and everything you've broken on him this morning, God. We celebrate it this morning, Lord, at the Father's house, that one of your prodigals has come home. And we call more, more, more. Just say more, church. More, Lord. My family, Lord. My kids, my cousins, my grandkids, my father, whatever it is, God. Call them home. In Jesus' mighty name. Can we give a praise to the Lord this morning, church? You're awesome, man. I love you. Hey, listen, if you see Chris walking around here, you just tell him, man, I'm proud of you. I love you. I'm, I believe in you. Amen. I believe in you. Say, keep going. keep going. Come on. Let's just all say, keep going. Keep going. Come on. Say it to your pastor. I used to be in those shoes too. I used to be addicted. Say, pastor, keep going. Pastor, keep going. <laughs> oh, I'm going to. Woo-wee. Keep going, guys. Don't give up. Man, there's just such a, a spirit of just unity. Listen, let me tell you something, church. We have to get united around lost people getting saved and saved people being mature in the Lord. We might not agree on the, the aesthetics of the church, on the name of the church, whatever it is. But we gotta get united about things like this that happen. We gotta come together about the things that actually matter in souls being saved, prodigals coming home. We gotta get united and realize that listen, a lot of Owensboro going to hell, and we need to step in the way and say, "Not on our watch." We gotta come behind these things, amen. Somebody shout, "I will." I said, somebody shout, I will. I will. All right, bless the Lord. Come on, church. Y'all go eat some pig. Eat. Some, actually, go get your kids in Jesus' name. I do want to say this really quickly. Just, I'm trying to be rude, but the gymnasium is not a, a nursery for us to watch your children. I got four children. Believe me, I'm going to be watching my kids as well. So don't release your kids. It's not like a whole monitored thing. We do have people at the bouncy houses that are going to be helping them. Uh, assimilate them through the line so please parents watch your watch your own children we love you we bless you you're amazing fellowship hall out the doors to the left go grab some food even if you just stick around for a little bit grab some food we'd love to talk to you